I'm Mark Peterson, and this is the FEMA Podcast. To meet the many needs of disaster survivors, FEMA partners with a multitude of other agencies. Perhaps our closest partner in providing federal disaster recovery assistance is the U.S. Small Business Administration, the SBA. When a federal disaster is declared, the SBA is authorized to offer low-interest loans to businesses of all sizes and to individual homeowners, renters, and private nonprofit organizations that have sustained damage in a disaster. On today's episode, we sit down with the SBA to learn more about their programs, some misconceptions about disaster assistance, and how the SBA and FEMA are working together every day to help Americans recover from disasters around the country. All right, so we are fortunate to pay a visit to one of our closest partners in disaster assistance delivery, the Small Business Administration. And so to talk a little bit about what the Small Business Administration does in disasters, we have Alejandro Contreras. Alex, thank you for joining me. Thank you for having us. Thank you very much. So we're going to get right to it. And um, I'm going to just start with a broad question of what does the SBA do to support disaster survivors when a disaster strikes? I think a lot of people think immediately maybe their state agency or they're thinking FEMA, but they might not always think SBA. So tell me about that. So the SBA provides low-interest disaster loans direct from the federal government for private property damage. So for homeowners, renters, businesses of all sizes, and private nonprofit organizations, if they had damage in a declared disaster event, they can use an SBA disaster loan to help repair, replace those damages. So this is like one of the things that we at FEMA always talk about in terms of the tools or the the disaster assistance services that can be brought to a disaster area. And it could be insurance and federal grants through FEMA and then SBA for loans. Uh, So we like to say that uh, the SBA disaster loan program is the federal government's primary source for long-term recovery. Um, Because for a homeowner, we're providing a loan to help rebuild or repair the primary residence. For homeowners and renters, we're providing loans to help replace the personal property, meaning furniture, appliances, even vehicles. Uh, and then businesses were providing assistance for the physical damages. So, you know, the structure, uh, machinery and equipment, inventory, uh, and also working capital. So um, let's talk a little bit about how our agencies prepare for the potential for a disaster. You know, I, and I think maybe the public doesn't always realize that, you know, FEMA is always monitoring the potential for disaster situations, severe weather across the country all the time. And, and I'm assuming SBA is doing the exact same. Right. So we have, um, so we're a smaller agency. We have a smaller footprint, I'd say. Um, But we are engaged at every level with FEMA, um, who's one of our longest, closest partners. Um, Through SBA's Office of Disaster Assistance, where I work, um, we are on the daily briefing calls, uh, monitoring different events throughout the country. And then we also have field operations centers um, in Atlanta, Georgia, and Sacramento, California, which uh, between the two of them respond to events in federal regions 1 through 10. Yeah, and so I'm actually from Region 5 out of Chicago, and um, I can attest to that because the Small Business Administration is on the very first call that we have about a 
about an event that may have just taken place, and they are right there with us every step of the way from preliminary damage assessments. We go out and we determine whether or not an event might warrant federal assistance to setting up disaster recovery centers. I mean, they are right there with us the whole way. Right. The um, preliminary damage assessments is a great example of the way, you know, our two uh, agencies work together with the state and local partners um, to help speed along the recovery. So whenever we get an event and then we have a request from a state to do a joint damage assessment, SBA verifiers or inspectors are out there alongside FEMA and the state and local partners to assess damages. By the time they're finished, we will know um, if any counties or which counties qualify for an SBA agency declaration also. And that helps the state determine which route they're going to go. Are they going to request a major presidential disaster declaration through FEMA? Or maybe it doesn't quite rise to that level and they want to go directly to SBA and request an agency declaration. Um, but at least we've already done that work and, and we know at the end of the damage assessment process, um, you know, at least the state will, uh, which is the best option for them. So there's a certain criteria for a federal disaster declaration through FEMA, like you mentioned, but then there's also a certain criteria for that agency declaration. What's the difference? So SBA's criteria for an agency declaration is at least 25 homes and or businesses. It could be any combination of those with major uninsured damage. So within a county or jurisdiction, um, it has to have at least 25 homes or businesses with major uninsured damage, and we can declare that county. Um, in addition, any of the contiguous counties or counties that neighbor that uh, that county would also be eligible to apply for physical damage loans. Um, so once we've identified those, the governor has to make a request directly to SBA, and SBA's administrator can approve that declaration request. So you mentioned, I think, a couple of different types of loans in there. So now, what are the two? What are the types of disaster loans that SBA offers? So there's three main categories of disaster loans that SBA provides: home disaster loans. So that would be loans to homeowners and renters, business physical disaster loans, and also economic injury disaster loans. So. Economic injury disaster loans are working capital loans. So a business um, did not have to have any physical damage in order to qualify for a working capital loan. So often, you know, after there's an event, we have businesses that have had damage, they've ceased operations, or they've had some type of interruption because they're, you know, need to make repairs before they can reopen. Um, the economic injury disaster loan helps with their working capital needs. But you also might have businesses that are feeling the business interruption, um, has, you know, experiencing economic injury, but didn't have any physical damage at all, they are also eligible to apply for working capital. What kind of things can uh, a loan like that be used for, for a homeowner? So the SBA home disaster loans are extremely flexible. The main uses for them is uh, up to $200,000 to repair, replace uh, the primary residence and up to $40,000 to replace personal property. But we can also provide additional assistance for refinancing for and also for mitigation. Um, so those are two extra categories uh, where we sometimes find ourselves going above the normal limits uh, to help out uh, homeowners and uh, disaster survivors. And the interest rate on those loans, is uh, what is that typically like? So the interest rates are pretty low. It's generally right now... I, 
forget what the exact interest rate is, but it's um, below 2% for the home loans. But it, so it's a fixed interest rate, but it will be set each quarter. And the interest rate um, will match the quarter in which the incident occurred. So, um, you know, if we're in, uh, you know, quarter two for, or say quarter one um, for this fiscal year, and the incident occurs in quarter one, it's that interest rate uh, that will apply to it. So, um, and then businesses have different interest rate also. From my perspective of having worked in a, a number of disasters around my region, there's always a number of misconceptions that people uh, experience because they they do receive a Small Business Administration loan application as part of the FEMA or federal assistance process. Can you talk me through some of those misconceptions that you normally see? So for any survivors out there who are impacted by something that ends up being declared in a major presidential disaster declaration, they're going to first start the process with registering for assistance with FEMA. Um, Part of that registration process includes providing to FEMA some household income information and and the size of the household. Um, We provide to FEMA some thresholds to use in determining who should be referred to the SBA disaster loan program. So if the person registering or the household registering is above the minimum household income levels that we provide, then they're going to be referred to us. Um, The next step is we encourage them to apply. They're not obligated to um, apply. We strongly encourage them to do so, though, because there's some other forms of assistance out there that might be dependent on them uh, either being approved for or declined um, for an SBA loan. Um, So at the end of the FEMA registration process, they have the option to also apply for an SBA disaster loan application. Um, We're providing to them uh, a loan to help repair damage to the home and to replace personal property. If there's any duplication with what FEMA maybe has already provided to them, we just exclude that amount from whatever we determine their damages to be, and we can loan them money for the difference. So just like FEMA has um, requirements to avoid duplication of benefits, SPA has the same requirements. Um, the difference might be that we have our own loss verifiers. So when we get an application, we have a conversation with the applicant about their damages, and we do an assessment of what the physical losses are and come up with an estimate. That's the starting point for the loan. After that, we'll want to know whether any other forms of assistance that they received. Did it, you know, maybe from insurance, maybe from a FEMA grant or, you know, any other programs that might be out there. And the difference or the unmet needs is what we can loan for. You know, I'm sure a lot of disaster survivors who have just gone through a a really traumatic experience have a lot of questions, especially, um, you know, as they receive this paperwork and they're thinking about, you know, a small business administration loan. You, you have a cadre of folks that actually go out to um, disaster areas and, and work with people, right? Right. So immediately after the, the declaration is made, we have a team of uh, field operations specialists and public information officers uh, who are deployed to the field to start opening up uh, disaster recovery centers. They staff those same disaster recovery centers with FEMA and state officials. Um, we also open up SBA business recovery centers. 
um, to help business applicants with the process. Uh, and they meet one-on-one -on -one with the survivors to help explain the entire process because it can be really overwhelming. You know, a survivor is going to have to deal with probably, you know, their insurance uh, claims adjuster. They're going to be dealing with the FEMA um, uh, assistance process. They'll be dealing with the SBA disaster loan program, and they might be dealing with state and local officials, you know, if they're having to do major repairs and things. So um, it can be really overwhelming, a lot of information floating around, but we are there in the community, in the centers to provide one-on-one -on -one assistance. You know, you mentioned FEMA assistance, small business administration assistance, or uh, loans, um, and then the potential for insurance. Uh, is there a sequence there that people need to be thinking about? Do they have to wait for insurance before they apply for the loan? You know, what is the process there? So this is one of the really great things about the SBA Disaster Loan Program uh, and one of the ways that we're flexible and we can help speed up recovery. If you have insurance, uh, you do not have to wait until the claim's been settled in order to apply or receive your SBA disaster loan. We can approve and disperse funds even before the insurance claim has been settled. And we advise survivors who are out there with insurance claims that they don't wait to apply for an SBA loan. You know, begin the process as soon as possible, even at the same time you're filing your insurance claim. Um, because if you run into any delays on the insurance side, uh, you don't want that to, you know, delay your overall recovery. So if we can approve your loan and have that ready for you when you're ready to start your rebuilding, um, that's great. We'll disperse the funds, and later, if the insurance claim is settled, if there's any duplication, it can just go to pay down the principal balance of the loan. Um, but at least you haven't had to stop or slow down uh, your recovery. Does SBA loan application count as a credit inquiry on your credit report? So we do run uh, credit, but it's not a hard inquiry. The three main things we look at when qualifying uh, applicants for a loan is one, eligibility. So meaning, did they have an eligible type of loss in a declared county? Uh, two is satisfactory credit. Um, is the credit satisfactory to SBA? And we're not a traditional lender. Um, we're much more aggressive in trying to make as many loans as we can, and we're a lot more flexible when it comes to the credit um, than a traditional lender might be because we understand that these are disaster loans and the survivors were not um, anticipating um, being in these situations. So if they have issues with their credit and they can justify them and, and help explain, you know, what, the, what, what caused those um, uh, hopefully we can still uh, approve the loan application. Uh, and the third and probably most important thing is repayment ability. So we have to make sure that the applicants have the ability to repay the loans. Otherwise, we're setting them up to fail, you know. So we want to make sure that they have repay repayment ability, they have sufficient cash flow in order to repay the loans. And we have uh, uh, several different ways to help um, approve as many loans as we can. Like I was mentioning, um, the terms can go out as far as 30 years to help keep the payments lower. We have um, anywhere from a six to maybe a year deferment on the loans, depending on, you know, how, uh, depending on the scope of the disaster. Larger events, we typically will go out a full year and give them uh, a year deferment before they have to make the first payment. Um, we can sometimes include uh, refinancing of an existing mortgage in order to help bring down the overall um, fixed debt. 
You know, a lot of the survivors that, that go through a disaster, as they go through the process of rebuilding, one of the themes that I've heard is that um, people want to build back better and smarter and um, stronger. Can they do that with an SBA loan? I mean, are there funds available to, to uh, build back in a way that might um, reduce the risk for future disaster? This is really one of the probably best and untapped resources of the SBA Disaster Loan Program is the ability to increase assistance for mitigation. So we can provide additional assistance to do mitigation measures, anything from reinforcing the roof to prevent water from entering um, to elevation, even the uh, uh, construction or uh, installing of safe rooms and storm shelters um, can fall within mitigation. We can provide up to 20% of the total verified losses that SBA has verified uh, to be used towards mitigation, which can be quite a lot. Um, you know, imagine you have $100,000 in damage, 20% of that we could provide for you to do a mitigation project. Um, and then it becomes a resource for property owners to when they're building back to, you know, really implement some stronger building standards. Of course, the bulk of the work that FEMA does is uh, responding to and mitigating um, from disasters. But a, a, a large priority of um, FEMA, at least within our strategic plan and, um, and the focus of our workforce, is, is thinking about how we can become more resilient. And I know that SBA is a partner in that resiliency effort. What are some of the things that SBA is doing to prioritize that? So on, on an interagency level, we're um, really involved in the National Mitigation Investment Strategy. So working with FEMA and the other um, federal partners to identify ways that we can coordinate these different programs. Like I was mentioning, SBA's ability to increase disaster loans to include mitigation is a feature that not a lot of the other partners know about. But there are a lot of other partners out there who are experts on mitigation. Now, I wouldn't say that SBA's you know, subject matter experts in mitigation, um, we're more, our expertise is more in lending. Um, so we really need that partnership with FEMA and say state and local hazard mitigation uh, partners to help promote that feature of the loan program. So we're encouraging individual property owners post-disaster to rebuild stronger and the SBA disaster loan is a way that they can do it and make it affordable. I want to talk a little bit about helping businesses recover and the disaster loans that SBA offers there. You know, you talked about capital loans, but um, are there any examples of where that really stand out in your mind of how SBA has really helped businesses in disasters? Oh, yeah. Um, there's a lot, actually. So as I was mentioning, there's two kinds of business disaster loans that we provide. Um, business physical disaster loans, we can provide up to $2 million dollars. Uh, to help make repairs to the structure, replace inventory, replace machinery and equipment, furniture and fixtures, leasehold improvements. Um, and then also we can provide up to $2 million for working capital. Uh, our legislative limit on business disaster loans is $2 million, but under certain circumstances, we can go above $2 million. Um, if the business is considered a major source of employment, we can go above $2 million. And we've, we've done that uh, several times in the past. Uh, every year during Small Business Week, 
SBA features a small business um, and awards them what we call the Phoenix Award for recovery. Uh, last year, it was awarded to a business called Cheeseburger Baby in South Florida who had damages from Hurricane Irma. And a really great story about a small business that had damage uh, to their storefront and to their food trucks um, decided to, you know, invest back into their own business and come back stronger. Um, and then had a really great success story this year with the Super Bowl being there in their community. And they were one of the small businesses featured there to help feed um, the different events that were going on. So this year, Small Business Week will be uh, awarding uh, another Phoenix Award to another small business, telling that story about how the SBA disaster loans have helped businesses recover. Um, but I should say, you know, the the assistance that SBA loans is just one part of it. Um, it takes a lot, you know, to be a small business owner and then even more to recover from an event um, like a hurricane or a tornado or an earthquake. Um, so we're happy that, you know, the loans are able to help them. But there's so many other things that have to go right for a small business to be able to recover. Um, we have a lot of partners that help us with that. And um, that includes the programs at SBA um, through the, our regional and district offices that are out there uh, at, acting as advocates for small businesses every day. And then also we have an entire network of resource partners that provide free counseling services and technical assistance to businesses, which is really important post-disaster because, you know, we're providing funds to help them with the repair costs, um, but it's the counseling services that really help them look forward on making adjustments to their business plan. All too often, I think we, we think about disaster preparedness when it's too late, right? And so when a business wants to take the time now to think what might happen uh, in the event that they're uh, affected by a disaster, they're going to be looking for resources. So what resources does the SBA have to help businesses both prepare for disasters, but also understand what they're up against if they were to be affected by a disaster? So SBA has some really great resources. Uh, I encourage businesses uh, to go out to sba.gov disaster to look at checklists for things that you can do to prepare um, for any kind of event that might be coming up. We have different checklists for hurricanes, earthquakes, uh, tornadoes, and other types of severe weather. Um, also, you'll see on that page um, examples of past disasters that were um, we've provided assistance for or current disasters that we're currently responding to. Um, and I'd also say, you know, go and look at the different uh, loan documents that you might actually have to file in case you're ever in that situation. You know, a lot of different um, business disaster preparedness plans that we've seen uh, have some really great tips. You know, come up with a communications plan, assess your insurance to make sure you're covered for all your um, most critical uh, functions and equipment. Um, think about alternative sites. Um, you know, there's, there's all kinds of different elements to a preparedness plan, but a lot of them stop short of actually putting together the things that you're going to need when you apply for assistance. Uh, and so you can, you know, any business can go on our website and, and go find the, the application just to get an idea of the kinds of things that they might have to submit, which includes, um, you know, uh, financial statements, profit and loss statements, balance sheets. Um, you know, businesses should keep updated copies of those and, and make sure that they're accessible. Um, you know, it used to be we would tell businesses, keep those records 
50 miles away from you someplace in case something happened to you where you're at, right? A flooding event or something that damaged all of your records. At least they would be safe, you know, in an alternate location. But with today's technology, we don't have to do that. You know, they can keep them in the cloud um, and have them available to them electronically. But so, but there's still a lot of, um, I think, businesses, even, you know, homeowners and renters who aren't doing that, you know, um, keep that information someplace where, you know, you can find it and you can access, access it uh, when you need to apply for assistance. We welcome your comments and suggestions on this and future episodes. Help us to improve the podcast by rating us and leaving a comment. If you have ideas for future topics, send us an email at FEMA-podcast at FEMA.dhs.gov. If you'd like to learn more about this episode or other topics, visit FEMA.gov slash podcast. <laughs>